This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 201. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. I am thrilled to be here recording again for you today. I just got back from a trip to Shreveport, Louisiana. It was cold and rainy there, uh, but I had a great time anyway, visiting with family and friends. Um, We were there to see my daughter, Bridget. She was singing in the Barber of Seville. If you don't know anything about that, it is an opera. And Bridget played the part of Rosina, which is the main female character, and it was a big role for her. And as per usual, she was amazing, if I do say so myself. Anyway, even if you don't follow opera, you probably know the music from Barber. It is that Bugs Bunny music that you heard on the cartoons if you were old enough to watch Bugs Bunny, Um, but you've probably heard it on commercials and things like that too. Opera is something that not many of us know how to enjoy, but I would encourage you if you have the opportunity sometime, especially if you enjoy music and the arts, to try going to an opera. It's a whole new experience. And it takes a little bit of patience. So when you first start um, going to opera, try to choose a comedy I would recommend. And it will be a little bit easier for you to follow. Also, most opera companies post titles in English above the stage. So it's very easy to follow the story, even if it's sung in a different language. Like Barbara of Seville was sung in Italian. And I never thought that I would be a big fan of opera when I was younger, but once you go to an opera a couple of times, you'll really start to appreciate the training and the voices of the opera singers. The staging is fabulous, the acting is amazing, and all the hard work that the performers put in, the stage managers, the lighting directors, it's all this big performance and it's great. So if you want to learn a little bit more about opera, you can follow Bridget on her Instagram, her YouTube page, or her Facebook, and she will be posting things there periodically. And she even has um, some singing on YouTube. So if you want to look her up, go ahead and do that. But anyway, I just want to encourage you to check out opera, even if it feels a little weird or foreign to you. Okay, so Let's go into this podcast that I recorded for you to see what we might be able to learn. It's a follow-up on last week's podcast about limiting beliefs, and I wanted to talk today about getting started and taking action. So if you did your homework, you'll have learned a little bit about the thoughts and the stories that are holding you back from taking action. That was the limiting beliefs. Remember, if you didn't listen to that podcast, you don't have to listen to it to listen to this one, but I would encourage you to listen to both because it will really help you get started working towards any goal. And one of the biggest ways to get started working towards a goal is to understand and change those limiting thoughts and those stories that you have in your head. And that will help free you up and free up your frightened brain 
to begin to take action towards something new. Whether it's a goal that you've been avoiding, whether you want to get a new attitude about your current job situation or any other situation that you're in, if you want to work on your self-care, this can help. Taking action in the direction of your goals is what's going to help. Another way to get started working towards anything that you desire is to just get started, right? Taking action. Take one small action and then follow up with another. You can decide to get in better shape or to lose weight, but there's a difference between deciding to do something and then actually following through and doing it. So first comes the decision, but then you have to take action. So that is what this podcast is all about, is how do we get to the point where we can actually take action? So step number one might be choosing something important enough to you so you can find a good reason to actually do it, right? For today's purposes, I'm going to choose the goal for myself as an example of practicing yoga regularly. Lately, I've been distracted and busy, so yoga is kind of the thing that's fallen off my radar. And for me, I think yoga is very important because I need to work on my flexibility and also get my body a little bit more toned and a little bit more into shape. Yoga, to me, makes me stronger because I can bike ride and walk every day, but the yoga thing is the third piece, I think, in that exercise for me. And that's kind of what I've let fall off. So my limiting belief about yoga that I've discovered is that I'm too busy to fit it in. So I have a limiting belief that I'm too busy. My brain is lying to me and giving me an excuse not to do the yoga because for some reason my brain doesn't want to do it. So my excuse is, I'm too busy. So once I know that my limiting belief is that, and once I know that I really do need to get back into the yoga the yoga thing, then I can start to work and to take action. So what's your goal? What are the limiting beliefs around that goal? And then what are the thoughts that are holding you back from doing it right now? That's where you need to start. And then step number two We're just going to stop waiting. We sometimes use the excuse that our circumstances need to line up or be perfect before we can begin to work on a goal, right? But let me tell you the truth. The timing will never be perfect. So stop waiting for perfect timing. If you wait, you'll never do. So the perfect time to start anything is always today. It's always right now. We've all delayed working on goals with this excuse, right? The timing's not perfect. I don't have time right now. When my kids are older, when my job is less demanding, when I'm less tired, you know, all those things. It's the when, when I get to X, I will do Y. And then we think, I'll start tomorrow. Have you ever done that with a diet? I'm going to start tomorrow. I'll start next Monday, because that makes sense. It's Monday, right? I'll start after the first of the year. I'll start when the kids get out of school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all just delay tactics that your brain thinks of to get you to not act. 
So waiting for for perfect timing is just your brain's excuse for avoiding. It's avoiding the pain of getting started. So if you can be aware of your thinking and decide today that the timing is perfect today, then you can start today, right? So today I will do yoga. Now, step number three, after you get through those first steps of choosing something and then stop waiting, is to quit the overthinking. Overthinking is our brain's way of making excuses to avoid work. You get into that point of analysis paralysis, right? You're worrying about every little detail of the goal. Well, how am I going to do yoga? Am I going to go to a studio and take a class? Am I going to do it on YouTube? Am I going to do it in my living room? Am I going to put on my yoga clothes? Am I going to get out my yoga mat? When am I going to do it? Am I going to do it first thing in the morning before I take a shower? Is that going to work out? Or should I do it after I walk or after I bike ride? Like all of those things that your brain throws at you is just overthinking, right? So let's do an example. If your goal is to eat better or lose weight, you'll start to worry about what foods you need to buy to stock the refrigerator. I don't have the right foods. There's only junk food in my house. And then you start thinking about how will I avoid eating too much at a restaurant? I have plans tomorrow to go to a restaurant with my friends. How am I going to do it tomorrow? What about the holidays coming up? Oh, Thanksgiving's coming up. Hell no, I can't miss the Thanksgiving feast, right? How will I avoid the holiday food binging is a thought you might have. What if someone brings donuts to work tomorrow? Then my diet will certainly be ruined. So I might as well not start today. I guess I'll wait and see if anyone brings donuts tomorrow. All of the overthinking, it keeps you from starting to eat a little bit healthier today because you're too busy thinking about Thanksgiving next week, right? There's going to be turkey. There's going to be stuffing. There's going to be mashed potatoes. The truth is that you can start eating healthier today and still deal with the donuts tomorrow and still deal with Thanksgiving, right? So overthinking makes the goal seem too big and then too impossible. You take this little easy goal at the beginning and you think about working on it and then your brain blows it up into this huge undertaking. And then when you're sufficiently overwhelmed by your overthinking, you let go of the dream or goal, right? You just don't do it. So be aware of that brain overthinking and tell your brain to stop. Just stop it. It's all garbage, right? You can start eating healthier right now. And even if someone brings donuts tomorrow and even if Thanksgiving comes next week, you can still vow to eat just a little bit healthier every day, right? So it can happen. You can take action towards that goal. Now, step number four, I think is kind of interesting. It's turn yourself into someone that has actions and actually does interesting things from somebody that just has great ideas. You could be the idea guy or you could be the action guy. And I would like to offer you that actions speak louder than words, right? Like I have all these great ideas of things I want to do and I'll talk about them all the time because I'm so verbal. But until I actually start doing them, it's just wasted air, right? 
Have you ever thought about doing something kind of cool and then you just let it pass till you don't have time anymore or you don't have the energy or you don't have even the will to do it, right? I do this all the time. I'll think, I should do some yoga this morning before I take a shower. Then I get caught up reading the emails and scrolling through Instagram to see what my kids are doing. And I'll waste a little bit of time drinking my coffee when I actually could have just gotten out the yoga mat and started to do the yoga, right? It would take me 30 minutes to do a quick yoga class on YouTube and it would be done for the day. So I had this great idea. I didn't act on it right away and then I let it fade away, right? So when you think of something that would be really cool to do, get up and just go do it. Be onto your brain wanting you to overthink and procrastinate and then be the person that just gets up and does it anyway. And it's going to take a little bit of effort. We know that. It's going to take a few days to figure it out, right? You might accidentally fall prey to your procrastination. But just be on to that, right? Be on to the idea when you think it and be like, oh yes, I decided when I thought about doing yoga, I was going to immediately do it. And then before you know it, you'll be doing it. Step number five is to follow up on your first action with another action. Because once you get to the point of overcoming your stuck feeling and taking some form of action towards your goal, which is often the hardest part, right? Make sure you don't allow yourself to stop. You'll feel great when you take that first step. The first half hour of yoga, I'm like, okay, day one off the books, I got it done. I write it in my little bullet journal. I did yoga today and I'll be super proud of myself and I'll feel great. But now, I need to build momentum and keep it going, right? So in order to build momentum, all you have to do is repeat. Repeat the first thing that you did. I do yoga today, then I repeat tomorrow. Then eventually I'm doing yoga every day. I've accomplished my goal. I'm becoming more flexible. I'm getting stronger. I'm feeling healthier. I'm doing yoga every day just because I repeated. I build momentum. Same for your eating, your healthy eating or your weight loss goals. You'll eat healthy foods for one meal or maybe one day. Then you just need to do it again at the next meal, which is the hard part, right? Because then you feel hungrier, then you have a, you know, a craving for sweets or something like that. But if you continue to take healthy steps, just small ones, The more you do that, the more it's going to become a habit and the more it will stick. Now, here's what will absolutely happen. I guarantee it. You'll eat foods that are not on your healthy eating plan. And I will miss a day of yoga. Guaranteed 100%. The clue or the trick, I should say, not the clue. The trick is when that happens, and it will, Now you have to go back to step one and start working through your brain's objections again. This is the hardest part, right? Follow up on your first action with another. When we're working on getting over inaction, we'll go back to having the same fearful thoughts that that we did have before we got started. 
This is where your limiting beliefs come back. Remember, last week we talked about your limiting beliefs. They're deeply ingrained. They're deeply ingrained stories that you've believed for years, and your brain still has them. Even when you're taking action, even when you're getting over them, they'll come back over and over again. So the real key or the real trick to taking action when they come back is being onto yourself, hearing the stories of negativity, and then choosing to take another step in spite of your self-doubt and in spite of your fear. It's kind of like when you have scary thoughts before you go into a surgery. I know I have them before I go into a big dog spay. I have these thoughts of all the things that could go wrong, right? It's going to be fat and everything's going to be slippery and I'm going to have to tie it a kajillion times and the dog may ooze and you know you have all of these thoughts. But once you take the action step of scrubbing in and getting ready and getting into your surgery and making that first incision, you start to relax because you know how to do it. You've done it before. You understand the risks, but you do it anyway. So you create that momentum by doing, taking action over and over again, in spite of the limiting beliefs, in spite of the fear. Now, step six is continuing to build up momentum within fear. So remember, you'll feel you will feel fear and even anxiety when you begin to work on any change. The human brain doesn't like change. So changing is anxiety producing. It's naturally that way. That's the way we're wired. So fear will be there. Fear will be present while you take action. But the action that you take will alleviate some of the fear. So it's kind of like a circle. If you do something, you'll feel a little bit better, but because you did it, you'll feel a little bit of fear and then you do it again and you'll feel a little bit better. And so as you take those steps around and around and around, you'll start to be better at taking those steps. It'll start to get easier. I remember um, when I was asked to speak at the graduation ceremony at Michigan State University's College of Veterinary Medicine. I agreed to do it because at the time I was the president of the MVMA, the Michigan Veterinary Medical Association, and that was part of the job or part of the expectation when you were the president. You were supposed to give the speech at graduation. And I'm not typically super afraid of public speaking, but I remember as I walked onto that stage with, you know, the the garbs, the other speakers, the faculty, you know, I had the really cool like gown on and everything. It was it was super cool. As I walked onto that stage with the other speakers, my heart was pounding so hard that I thought I I might pass out. Like I was literally in panic mode. It felt like I was going to have a heart attack, the worst anxiety that you could ever feel. And I sat through the ceremony for probably a good 45 minutes to an hour with my heart literally pounding. And I could barely listen to the other people speak because I was so caught up in this fear. And it wasn't something that I could pinpoint, like why I was afraid, but I was just very, very fearful of this situation. 
somewhere in the back of my mind, I was afraid of failing. What if I don't remember my speech? What if they don't laugh at my jokes? What if they think I'm an idiot? You know, what if they find me out? Kind of that imposter thinking. But when I got up to speak, I had sort of calmed down a little bit because I had time to sit there for so long and my heart eventually got sick of pounding. But as I got up to the podium and I started my speech, I started to feel calm. And then I started to look at the audience and look at the faces of the graduates and their families. And I really enjoyed every minute of that speech. I got laughs, it came out pretty well, I didn't stumble over my words. And it was one of the best things and one of the proudest moments that I've ever had. One of the best things that I have ever done. And I'm very proud that I did that. Mostly because I overcame that extreme fear and I had that anxiety and I did something cool anyway. And that's the reward of taking action. The reward is doing the cool, hard, terrifying thing anyway. So expect to feel fear Expect to feel disappointment and then take some action anyway within that feeling of fear. And that's one of the hardest things to do because your brain just wants you to hide and run and say no. But you, you have control over that. You can push your brain to do whatever you want it to do. And then the last step, step seven, the last thing that I want to talk to you about is working with distractions because you'll have your brain distracting you and then you'll also have your life distracting you. Have you ever sat down to work and had a coworker or your husband or one of your children need something from you and they interrupt you, right? It happens all the time. You get distracted by your email or your phone notifications coming in The distractions help you procrastinate. And then they pull you away from getting done the things that you want to get done. You will become unproductive if you give in when those distractions arise. And I'm an extrovert, so anytime someone wants to talk to me, I'm in. I'm all in. If somebody wants to chat, boom, I'm distracted and I leave whatever I'm working on and I just go chat. It just happened to me today as I was getting ready to record this podcast. The CEO of the MVMA texted me to ask me if I could talk about a meeting that we're having tonight on a committee. And I was really tempted to call him right back immediately and talk. But instead, because I knew that was a distraction for me and I needed to finish writing this podcast and I needed to coach someone, I texted him back and I asked him if I could call him back in about an hour and a half or so after I finished this writing and my coaching. I set a boundary for myself for the distraction and I also set a boundary for him. I said, I'd love to talk to you, but I need about an hour and a half and I'll call you back. So I didn't lose focus on what I needed to do. And after I got done writing and after I got done coaching, I called him right back. We had a great chat and it was wonderful. So I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish and also got my extroverting done with him, right? So if you know ahead of time what your distractions might be, sometimes you can plan for them. Sometimes they just pop up and there's nothing you can do and you just kind of have to roll with it, right? And get distracted and then try to refocus, 
But if you can plan for them, it's even easier to deal with them, right? So one of my coaching clients has family coming in for Thanksgiving and she has a lot of work to do. So as we were coaching, we decided that she needed to get all of her goal work done way before her company gets to her house because she really wants to focus on her family. She really wants to have a great vacation, but she also has these big goals that she's trying to accomplish, right? So our work had to be deciding what absolutely needed to be done before her company came into town and what did she want to do while they were there? Did she want to work on her goals while they were there or did she not? So she had to make some decisions. So she wanted to plan that during the holidays, she would have no time to work. She absolutely really wanted to focus on her family. But in order to do that, she has to plan ahead and get all her action steps done before they arrive in order to keep her momentum going. So what this might look like for you if you have kids, plan to be distracted by your kids at times during the day. So let's say that you're trying to do yoga like me, right? And you want to plan for 30 minutes of work on your yoga or whatever it is that you want to do. Plan for 30 minutes, put it into your calendar for your day. I'm going to do yoga from 10 to 1030 or whatever you decide. Then plan for an interruption. If you have children, if you have coworkers, if you're on call, whatever it is, you know you're going to get interrupted, right, at some point during the day. If you plan for that interruption, you can take another 30 minutes later in the day and set that aside for your interruption time. So the way this will look is, okay, from 10 to 10.30, I'm going to do yoga. However, if my husband disrupts me or somebody wants to chit-chat with me or whatever and I get distracted, I'm also scheduling yoga from 4.30 to 5 in the evening before dinner. That way, if I do get distracted during the original 30 minutes in the morning, I still have time to get that yoga in. Whatever you're working on, plan for the interruption. And especially if you have kids. I work with a lot of my mom veterinarians that have kids, little kids now. I don't have that problem anymore unless my kids call me. If they call, one of my kids calls me, everything is dropped. I know that if one of my children wants to talk, I am in 100%. And so if I think one of them is going to call, I have to plan for that interruption, right? Same thing with you. If you have little kids at home, you might have to plan for six interruptions, but make a plan that if I get interrupted during this part of my action step, I'm going to do it at this time later or the next day or whatever it is, but put it in your schedule because then the interruption doesn't pull you away from your goal. It just changes your plan a little bit. It's kind of like double scheduling. It ensures that you'll have time to take action at some point during the day. And then if you do get the stuff done, the first schedule, the first 30 minutes, then you've got that extra 30 minutes later in the day to do whatever you want. You can work more. You can just relax. You can hang out with your kids, whatever. Either way, you get done what you need to get done. So this week, I want you to plan for action. Work on your limiting beliefs, get those under your belt, and then I want you to take some action. Figure out what it is you want to do or change. 
what you want to work on, why you want to do it, and then take one action step to get started. Be prepared to feel the discomfort and then do it anyway. It's going to be uncomfortable. Schedule the time in, schedule a time for distractions, and then start working. Get over yourself and do something. And act at least once each day. I think when working on goals, it's easy to break them down into small steps than to try to plan one big thing, right? If you're going to eat healthier, don't try to do everything in one day. Don't try to find the plan that you want to go on and get the recipes and go to the store and clean your cupboards and get rid of all the junk food. And like, don't try to do that all in one day. Your brain's going to get overwhelmed and then you're going to quit. Take one small step. Maybe it's, I'm just going to go through the junk food cupboard and I'm going to throw out the stuff that's the super tempting to me. Or I'm just going to eat one more healthy meal today than I did yesterday. I'm going to eat one more piece of fruit or one more vegetable. I'm going to substitute, you know, five cookies. I'm only going to eat two cookies. Something small that your brain can handle. It's like me saying today, I'm going to get back on the yoga bandwagon and I'm going to do that today. And then I'm going to do it every day this week. And I'm until it comes turns into a habit. And then let me know how it goes. Let me know what happens for you. Let me know what you get done. Let me know what action steps you took. And don't forget that your limiting beliefs will be there. And you'll have to continue to deal with them. You'll still have that story that you're too fat or you're not strong enough to do yoga or you're too distractible like me or you're an extrovert and you need to chit chat like you're going to have all the excuses but remember that that one action step is more valuable and powerful than all the ideas that you've ever had and that you never acted upon okay so before i give you some quotes about this subject I want to remind you to visit my website and sign up for a free coaching to help you work through anything that you're struggling with today. Also, you'll find there a place to read my blog and sign up for my Wednesday Weekly Words if you're not already signed up on my email list. Also, send me an email if you have questions or suggestions for the podcast, anything you want to talk about. I'm all here for it. I am in this 100% and I love doing it. So, Don't be shy. Reach out there. Let me know you're there and talk to me. Okay. So my website is juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com. Super easy. It'll get you there. My email is jacapel, J-A-C-A-P-P-E-L, D-V-M at gmail.com. Super easy. So please reach out. Please, please, please. I want to hear from you. I want to talk to all of you. Okay, so here are a couple of quotes, or there's a few of them, I guess. I got a few this time um, that I want to read to you about this particular subject. Um, The first one is just labeled a Chinese proverb, so I don't know exactly where this came from. But it says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. And that's so true, right? It's better to start... 20 years ago, but you didn't. So now today is the day. The second one is from Amelia Earhart. And this quote says, the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is merely tenacity. 
So these action steps that you're coming up with will make you tenacious. And that's who I want you to be. I want you to stand back up when you fall down, just like Rocky says, right? Okay, the next one is from George Eliot. And it says, it's never too late to be what you might have been. So if you've dieted 100 times, if you've tried to start a yoga program 100 times, if you wanted to write 100 times, it doesn't matter. If you take an action today, you can do it. Okay, so let me know how it goes. I'm really excited for you talking about this taking action thing, and I want you to do it. Just do it, like Nike says, right? Okay, you guys, have a beautiful, action-filled week. Bye.